Hey everybody, welcome to Keep Talking Podcasts, fitness, health, and mindset series. I'm your host, Sean Tummelson, fitness coach and nutrition nerd, and I love talking about this stuff, and I hope you enjoy listening to it as much as I enjoy talking about it. Enjoy the episode. Some of us seem to be more susceptible to addictions than others, but either way, we're all addicted to certain things in this life. Now, some people define addiction as any repeated behavior which maybe causes a certain you know pleasure at the time you do it, but it ends up doing you damage in the long run, whatever. We're not even going to worry about the definitions of addiction here, okay? We're going to talk about the different types of things we're addicted to, and I'm going to tell a little story, okay? So, lots of you guys, lots of people out there might be addicted to things that are just always regarded as negative addictions, you know, alcohol, drugs, porn, whatever. Like Nobody ever says that those addictions are good, right? Then there are addictions to a lot of other things, which, you know, may or may not be beneficial. Definitely seem more beneficial than those other things, all right? Now, we are all going to fall back on our addictions on the worst days of our lives, all right? That's when those addictions are going to come up. When everything's going good, we don't need the addictions, okay? Because what the addictions do is they mask the pain that we're feeling in the moment, typically, all right? And I'm not some freaking trained psychologist, and I know some of you are going to come on here and say, Sean, you shouldn't talk about these topics. Shut up. I'm talking about it from life experience, all right? So here we go. So addictions, addictions, addictions. Now, uh, we are going to fall back on our addictions on our worst days, in our worst moments in this life. When we are heartbroken, when we are sad, when we are depressed, when we feel like we've lost everything. And if you haven't felt like you've lost everything at some point in this life, give it time and you will, okay? Because I, to be honest, I, I would say, I, well, I guess two times over the past like seven years, I had a day where I felt like I truly kind of like lost everything or like I lost my world, so to speak. And I'm going to tell a story about the second time that that happened, the most recent of those times. Okay. And certainly it's going to happen to me again at some point. And hopefully I'm even more ready the next time. Now, um, as I tell this story, I also want to say that there were, I had a, uh, some key support from a couple key people who without going, you know, all right. So without going too far into the details, I had some key support from just a couple key people. Um, I would say my mom and a couple of my very closest friends helped me through this time. All right. Um, now, um, and then, and then, you know, another thing, like, as I tell this story, sometimes like a lot of times we want to be careful what we say on a podcast, especially as it relates to, you know, relationships with other people and things like that. Uh, you know, the person who was involved in this relationship, this, this story of heartbreak, um, you know, we're, her and I are good. You know what I mean? We're, we're good. Right. Um, I don't have anything against her or anything like that. Um, and, you know, I mean, I think if she were to ever hear this, she would probably be like, oh, you know, that's maybe a fair assessment. Um, so, yeah, you know, I just want to put that out there. And I think, you know, time does certainly heal all wounds and everything. But, um, yeah, I think it's worth telling the story because it might be valuable to some of you guys um, as we talk about addictions and as we go through the really bad days of our lives. Because if you listen to this podcast and if you know me and if you follow me on social media, a big part of the reason that I'm as disciplined as I am and the reason I do the things that I do every day is because I see discipline 
as a fail-safe against these bad days, okay? It's not, it's not about the good days, all right? Like, I'm, I'm not worried about, you know, the good days. It, I'm, I'm worried about these bad days. It's a fail-safe against going into deep, dark, depressive thoughts on our worst days. It's a fail-safe against, you know, suicidal thoughts, which, yes, I have had suicidal thoughts before. Not very often. Um, you know, I, I mean, there have been, this was one of the times, I would say there have been, what, three times in my life where I've had any sort of, like, thoughts of suicide. Um, now we're really getting into deep water here but that's fine like I'm, I'm not worried about um, you know uh, things we're either supposed to say or not supposed to say on a podcast um, because ultimately I think that this tar- sort of content can probably definitely help more people than it might hurt all right so anyway um, for me the discipline is and the reason that I do all the things that I do every day my morning process you know quick meditation get out see the sunrise do a workout the reason that I do that every day without fail and have done it every day without fail for the last couple of years is because I'm guarding against the really bad days all right because I know that these really bad days are gonna come but as long as we have a process that builds us up now we're not gonna you know if we do anything that lifts us up in the morning we're not gonna fall back onto these really really bad thoughts and behaviors okay now let's get into the story here okay so um, this was a time not that long ago, just a few years ago, um, that uh, I had been, uh, well, um, you know, in a relationship with this woman um, who has a son. Um, he was a young boy in, in kindergarten at the time. Um, I had known him for about two years as well. We had been in a relationship for two years, living together for about a year and a half. Um, and so, you know, they had become my family, family, obviously. I'm not his biological father, but I had become a father figure for him. Um, and then, long story short, after those two years, for a number of reasons, um, she just was, she was no longer in love with me. And she decided to leave me for another man. And, you know, um, I mean, I think that objectively, you know, basically looking at it objectively, we would say that she cheated. Um, You know, she kind of at the time would make the argument like that it wasn't exactly cheating based on a couple tricky little parts of the situation. And I mean, that's fine. Every, you know, there's multiple sides to every story. But the point is she left me for another man and objectively it was probably cheating. But, you know, whatever. I'm not going to sit here and get into the semantics of that. Either way, it was a massive, massive heartbreak for me. And, um, you know, at first I didn't think it was going to be like right when I started finding out about this, I didn't think it was going to hurt me. I thought I was a lot like tougher than I really was. But it turns out I wasn't, right? Um, and I think it was, so it was basically when I found out um, that she had had sex with him, um, that was when it just like really hit me. And it just like, it just totally shook me to the core. You know, and it's funny because like going into this, I didn't think, um, this was like the first really long-term relationship I had ever been in since I started dating really late in life. Um, I didn't, I actually beforehand like didn't think that getting cheated on or, or, you know, or, or left in this way would really hurt me that bad. Boy, was I wrong, right? Um, and, you know, so when I found out about that, it just, I, like, it, it hit me so bad that I was, how do I put this? I remember, <laughs> this was really hilarious. I remember I was in a hotel room, okay? Um, because I remember I had spent like one night at my parents' house, like when this was all going down. And then like, I'm like, I can't stay here anymore because I'm supposed to be a man. I'm not supposed to be freaking staying with my parents when I have, you know, things going on like this. Like, I'm not, I can't stay here, but I can't go back to where, you know, my, well, ex-girlfriend and her son are. Like, I can't go back there right now. I just, I can't. I can't do it. And so I'm staying in this stupid hotel. I remember I paid for like the, you know, like the worst hotel in town that you could find, right? So I'm staying in this hotel. And I remember that was when I, I remember I called her for whatever reason and I hadn't found out yet um, 
you know, that she hadn't like confirmed that she had had sex with him. And then she did over the phone. She admitted it. Right. And I remember, <laughs> I remember I like repeated it like, um, like three times, just like, she was like listening on the other end and not saying anything. I'm just like, you had sex with him. You had sex with him. You had sex with him. And like, I, I just could, I was getting it through my own head. Right. And so and then after that, I can't remember what else we said before hanging up the phone. And then I just kind of like went into like psycho mode where I just, I didn't know what to do. I wasn't like violent, but I remember it. I like couldn't st- sit in the hotel room, you know? And if anybody who's like truly been heartbroken before or been in like a really bad situation like this, like you don't know what to do. You don't know how to act. You can't like your whole world has just been like stripped away from you and you don't understand it. And, and like, I remember I like went to like a subway. There was a subway next, not like a train, like a subway restaurant because I hadn't eaten anything all day because I also like didn't sleep much the night before. And so, um, <laughs> like I went to subway to try to get something to eat, take my mind off it. Like I couldn't eat. I took like two bites out of the sandwich, like looking like a maniac and then just threw it, you know, like threw it in the trash and like left, walked out and like called somebody. I can't even remember. Like, yeah, I called like a couple people, um, you know, a couple of my closest friends and like, Anyway, I was just like, I was in like a, a manic state. And then since like I had been like not sleeping and like, hey, you know, uh, for like the past couple nights because I kind of knew this was going on and like I hadn't eaten, I was just in like a crazy mode. So at this point it's like 7 p.m. and I like don't know what to do. And I'm like, I can't stay in this hotel. I don't know what to do. I can't stay in the hotel, right? I just, I can't be here. I can't be here. And I'm like, well, I, like I'm the man of the house, you know, where, where she and her son live. Like I'm going back there. That's where I'm going. That's where I'm supposed to go. And I wasn't going to like, you know, do anything, you know, bad, obviously when I was there, but so I get there and I just like told him, Hey, I'm coming back. Right. So I get there and everything was fine. We had like a little argument and then I tried to go to bed. And I remember I tried to go to bed. It was probably like 11 o'clock at night. I tried to sleep, fell asleep for like five minutes. And I kept having this just like recurring nightmare over and over where all I would see is like her, just an image of her, like having sex with this faceless man who I didn't know who he was. Right. And it's like just like a recurring thing over and over. Like no matter what I would do, I could not sleep because all I could think about is her having sex with this other man. And so just over and over and over. And that went on for like four hours and I just couldn't sleep. I maybe slept like 10 minutes that entire time. And so it's like the the middle. And, and then I remember I started like shooting off because they were in like a different room, you know, in the uh, in the place. Right. And um, I remember I started shooing just shooting off this like massive series of text messages and see like, like, don't get me wrong. There were many mistakes that I made in this relationship. Like part of the thing was, well, you know, I I mean, (laughs) looking back on it now, here's one thing I'll say. One thing I want to say, like to interject here, I am a firm believer that for the most part, when we get cheated on or dumped or whatever, we can always look in the mirror and figure out why it was our fault. I know, I know this is a controversial opinion, but it was my fault. Like it was still my fault is what she did. Like, correct. No, but like, but it was my fault. Like I let it happen to me and I can think of three or four very distinct reasons why it happened. Okay. So, you know, just taking full ownership and responsibility of that is something that's been very empowering to me. And among the controversial things that I say in this episode, that's a big one of them is that anytime that you get cheated on, it is in a certain way, your fault. I believe. Okay. Look in the mirror and figure out what you did wrong and what you should do differently last time. I know some of you guys are going to hate me for that. We'll talk about it later. All right. So anyway, I'm shooting off this series of like a hundred text messages saying essentially in a hundred different ways, like, I can't believe you did all this shit for me. And then you fucked me like that. 
okay? Um, you know, that kind of content, right? Um, stuff that I had been holding back, which I shouldn't have held back uh, for quite some time. So anyway, then, you know, and she was like waking up to read this and she's like, I can't believe you're, what you're saying right now. And I'm like, well, yeah, you, you know, like, yeah, just anyway. And so then I'm like, I don't know what to do. I can't sleep. I can't be in here anymore. And so what's my addiction? My addiction, if I have one, well, maybe a few, but one of my addictions is exercise. Has been for a long time. So it's March in Minnesota, and um, it's very cold, obviously snowy, you know, uh, it's like three o'clock in the morning, and I'm like, all right, I'm going to put on, I didn't even have like a gym membership or anything, I'm like, whatever, I'm going to put on my cold weather gear, I'm going to go to the park, and I'm going to do push-ups and pull-ups at the park until I can't do them anymore. So I did that. I was there for like an hour, two hours, I don't know how much time. I did like hundreds and hundreds of push-ups and pull-ups, right? And... (laughs) like I mean I was already I hadn't eaten really very much in like two or three days I hadn't slept very much in a couple days I was done you know what I mean just just going off of sheer like anger right and just beating myself up because I didn't know what else to do like I'm like I don't know where else to go I don't know what else to say or do anything else that I would do would just be like bad or violent or you know get me into like real trouble and yes of course I was having suicidal thoughts because I felt like I had lost everything like I had put a lot of effort into this you know essentially what had become my family over the last year and a half. And we had been through a lot because it was the pandemic, right? This was the, you know, year one of the pandemic. So we had been through a lot and I felt like I had kind of like given up everything else in my life for this relationship and for, you know, um, living with her and her son, right? Uh, who, by the way, I still get to see her son occasionally and we have a great relationship. Um, so life oftentimes doesn't take everything away from us even when we think it does. So anyway, so I'm beating myself up at the park with all these push-ups and pull-ups. Come back, at this point it's like maybe like 5 or 6 a.m., right? It's like almost morning. Um, and then I remember I just like crashed on like the couch and still couldn't sleep. Like I'm, I'm, I am like more tired than I've ever been in my life, just totally physically beat and just lying there on the couch crying but I can't sleep, still couldn't sleep, right? The funniest part of this like, is that literally the next day I was scheduled to do a root canal because <laughs> I had a, an infection in my tooth. And so literally like maybe got like 10, more, uh, like 10 minutes of sleep that whole night and then went and did a root canal like, like 10 o'clock that morning or something like that. I don't, yeah. But I remember like, I'm like, honestly, not the worst time to be having a root canal because I'm already like almost... I'm in so much pain for one emotionally anyways that I don't really care about the physical pain and I'm so like physically tired that I don't like, yeah, just lay me there and do what you need to do on my tooth. I don't care. You know, so the root canal was like the least of my concerns. Um, So that happened. And, you know, um, I think I would say it took me eh, probably two days after that to get over the acute feeling the acute problem okay and see this is this is always the key when you're heartbroken when everything has been taken away from you when you feel like you've lost everything in this life and you want to kill yourself which ultimately i think that unfortunately most of us do have a feeling like that at some point in our lives hopefully we just don't act on it Uh, but when we're in that state the key thing is just to get past the acute phase okay the acute phase is the most important thing okay and typically because what happens when we're super sleep deprived we're not thinking straight for any reason that's when the really bad decisions happen and that's when if you have 
have, you know, a really bad addiction, whether it's drugs, alcohol, you know, something like that, that's when things can get really dangerous because everything is just thrown even more off. Okay. And I know there's probably psychologists out there listening to this like, oh God, careful with what you say. And I'm like, all right, fine. But I'm just, I'm telling you my story of what happened and why I'm doing better now. Okay. Um, because we have to get through that acute phase. We have to get through that acute phase of when we're in a suicidal moment or when we feel like everything's been taken away from us. Because once we're eventually able to get, for example, a night or two of good sleep or just a little time passes, we come out of the acute phase. Yes, we're still sad, we're still depressed, we're still whatever, but we no longer want to kill ourselves. We no longer, you know, we, 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 we're, we're still not doing well, but we're past the danger phase if that makes sense. So getting out of that danger phase is extremely important. Now, obviously, lots of other resources you have if you're in this situation to, or you know someone in this situation to get past the danger phase. There's the suicide hotline. There's friends that you reach out to. There's this and this and that, right? Um, but um, like I said, the... <clears throat> um, the God, I kind of lost my train of thought here just because I get, I get kind of sentimental thinking about this because I've had a lot of people that I know that have been in similar situations. Um, but you get past the acute phase. And I know there's a lot of other aspects of this involved, but this is a, one of the big reasons that I, that I preach, that I say, if you're gonna be addicted to anything, be addicted to exercise. And why I tell people unapologetically that they should be exercising every day, even if it's occasionally detrimental. Like I don't, I don't tell everyone to exercise every day, but like I tell people the reason I exercise every day is just because I would rather err on the side of overtraining a bit and doing too much physical exercise and just make sure I keep myself strong mentally and emotionally on those really bad days, okay? Because like I said, on these really bad days, this is when we fall back on our addictions, if that makes sense. So that's why I want you guys, if you're listening, whatever stage of life you're at, whether you're you know, feeling happy, sad, whatever, I want you to develop addictions with things like this that are positive things, like exercise, okay? Because yes, it could become an addiction. Yes, you could do it too much. Yes, there is a, such a thing as overtraining. Yes, it, you know, it can be... Too much exercise can be harmful, but it's not as harmful as too much alcohol, too much drugs, too many other really bad behaviors and addictions. Does that make sense? All right. And, you know, um, I think for me, after that, it took a couple days to get through the acute phase, a couple weeks to kind of get over really the really deep sadness and pain, a couple months, I would say, of just like deep, deep reflection and stuff. Um you know, who knows, do we ever really fully like get over things? I mean, where we're all kind of changed forever and we're ever evolving with our life's experiences every, every day. Right. Um, that's part of the human experience. So like if people ask like, well, are you over it now? And be like, well, yeah, I think I was over it. Like, you know, a few months after it happened basically, but who knows, are we ever over stuff or do we just change little by little? But, um, the point is I'm doing pretty good now. So, um, yeah think through that. Get your addiction straight. <laughs> All right. We'll talk again soon. Love y'all. Peace. Thank you for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it and learned something valuable for daily workouts, fitness tips, nutrition advice, mindset advice. You can follow me on Instagram at Sean underscore Tumelson. That's S-E-A-N underscore T-U-M-I-L-S-O-N. For more information about Keep Talking, you can follow Keep Talking on Instagram. That is K-E-E-P 
T-A-L-K-I-N-G-C-O. 